world! Surpass first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Lockdown Blazers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, five days a week. Start your day listening to Lockdown Blazers, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. Make it your very first listen every single day. We got a lot to talk about today. Damian Lord got paid over the weekend. Shaden Sharp's summer league ended. And then the other rookie the Blazers drafted at 57, Jabari Walker, looks like a hooper. Let's talk about the young guys a little bit later. Let's start with Damian Lillard, who on Saturday evening, July 9th, six days before his 32nd birthday, signed a two-year $122 million contract extension to keep him in Portland. Commit to the team through the 2026-2027 season. He'll be the first player in league history, or is the first player in league history to sign a contract with a single season, with a with a with a value over 60 million dollars for one season. His final year of that contract, making 63.3 million and maybe more because it's 35% of the salary cap and whatever the salary cap bumps up to as that kicks in might be making a little more money if we assume what, what's been reported. Is the salary cap supposed to continue to climb over the next few years? Damon Lord in here for the long haul. Let's just say this. Congrats to Dame. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, over $400 million in NBA contracts. Like, this is a dude who went to Weber State and didn't play in the NCAA tournament, and now he's going to make half a billion dollars playing in the NBA. What What a freaking rise. When the Blazers put out this release, the release included a quote from uh, Joe Cronin that said, let's no, make no bones, mince no words. Damian Lowe is the greatest Portland Trailblazer of all time. That's what they're saying. They're committing to him. And Dame, quite frankly, he will be. He will be. Like Drexler, you know, shots shots fired or whatever. But like Dre- Clyde Drexler is has a case now. Two championship appearances, you know, second in the MVP voting. It was it was up there, right? Like he's um, probably a more decorated individual career than Dame to some extent to this point. But if Dame spends 15 years in Portland, he's gonna have every record. He'll be on top, top of everything with Clyde in the in the, in the Portland Trailblazers like franchise record books, and he'll have 15 years of longevity. This is a commitment by the franchise to get Dame to that level, and they're calling their shot now. And it's also commitment from Dame. This time last year, he was, for the first time ever that we've heard him, openly considering his future with the franchise. Even if you, you know, are sworn to disbelieve reporting from from Henry Abbott, Dame's words tell you everything you need to know. At a press conference last July, he said, for the first, for the, he said, and this is the first time we really heard him say it, that he hadn't decided what his future will be. This is someone under contract for multiple seasons at the time, like for for three more years plus a team option. And he's saying he hadn't decided what his future will be. That is that is the real contemplating your future type of statement, something we'd never, ever heard Dame do. And Dame mentioned his press conference this weekend on Saturday that he didn't, maybe didn't consider like switching teams, but he was at a spot where he was really openly considering a future. And that's what it was. We know that he took a meeting with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in LA and discussed potentially joining the Lakers. Like he was really for real considering leaving the team. I, I like, it is what it is. <laughs> I, I think that's out there. Now, a year later, look at him back 
through his 36th year in the on this planet, 15 years in the league, committed to the Portland Trailblazers. Through the 2026-27 season, he's back. This is the guy who preaches loyalty. And whatever happened between whatever changed, um, obviously there's some like uh, huge big stuff that changed, like including who's in charge of um, handing out these contracts. But uh, like whatever changed in Dame's heart or in his mind between last July and when he seemingly came, you know, two feet in, as we were saying, when, when the season started. And now he's committed to being here. The other part is that there's a whole bunch of money. Of course, of course he wants it. And he wants the, there is, if you are a guy of Dame's caliber, you know, one of the 10 or 15 best players in the league, I was pretty comfortable calling him one of the 10 best players in the league. And then he missed part of the last, he missed, you know, most of last season with this injury and he didn't look good when he played. I'll be comfortable calling him one of the 10 best players in the league again, like two games into next season. But for now I'm hedging and calling him 10 to 15 uh, because, you know, I, I don't want anyone to get super upset with me. Uh, but one of the very good players in the league, one of, you know, the faces of the franchise and all of those things. Uh, this is what you get. You get big old max contract money. This is, this is the, like, this is the financial commitment that had to happen. And if you've been uh, listening to this podcast, I've been saying, like, Dame's going to sign this. All of the tea leaves, all of the arrows, flashing signs were pointing in this direction. When he was still here in the fall, when it, when he didn't change teams or and, and that kind of... Uh, stuff died down a little bit it became clear that the he was going to come back and one of the reasons he was going to come back is because the blazers were going to commit to him every time he's been eligible for a, a contract the blazers have gone ahead and given it to him it's one of the few players during the old Shea era him and cj mccollum who signed a contract extension uh, coming off his rookie deal like didn't hit free agency signed a max then has a, signed a max since then now is signing another max contract extension the team and him have been aligned they want to be here they want to be here together but the money's big, which makes people feel a certain type of way. And you're welcome to feel however you feel. But let me say this. In all of the other free agency stuff, I have I have leaned away from saying words like worth and deserve. Because in the immortal words of the philosopher Felicia Snoop Pearson, Deserve got nothing to do with it. Deserve got nothing to do with it. Deserve got nothing to do with it. It is what it is. Dame was always headed down this path, and if the Blazers wanted to continue this relationship with him, this was going to go there. And Damian Lowe has been so much more valuable than $122 million to the franchise. I've been told by uh, people who work with the organization, people who work with the Blazers, that uh a NBA playoff gate for them, like a home playoff game, nets them over $2 million. Uh, it could be more now, but at the time it was over $2 million. That means when Damian Lillard's dragged underachieving rosters to the playoffs consecutive seasons in a row, even if he gets swept by the Warriors that year that they finished eighth, he just gave them $5 million bucks by dragging them along. Not to mention just the incredible brand ambassador he's been, just like the what he's meant to as the face of the franchise, what he's meant like from a dollars and cents standpoint, Dame's worth, worth way more than $122 million. Sure. Like no, no, no doubt about it. I don't even think it's like debatable, quite frankly. Uh, he's He is worth more than that. But there's a reality to this. And that's paying a 35-year-old 
anyone, basically 35 years old, 35% of the cap greatly hamstrings how competitive of a roster you can build around him. I think Damon Lord making uh, the first year of the extension is about $58 million. The second year, $63 million. Uh, those numbers subject to change because it's a percentage of the cap, not a defined number right now. That's how max, that's the word max in max contract is the maximum he can get, 35% of the salary cap. We'll see where it lands. Um, but like, I don't think the dollars and cents on that won't matter too much. It's whatever 35% of the cap means when that happens to begin the 25-26 season. It'll be hard to build a really good team with a 35-year-old player making 35% of the cap. It'll be hard to do it again in this following season with a 36-year-old point guard making 35% of the salary cap. It's a salary cap league. It's challenging. And Portland is in a situation where um, they aren't players. They, you know, there's like eight teams in the league who are players in free agency. They are not going to be a, an attractive place for players to come and take a discount. Um, their offer is more money. That's how they get there. And they, like... This will make it challenging. The way for the Blazers to mitigate this challenge is to get players on the roster before this, uh, before the salary kicks in, before this extension kicks in, and retain them. Retain talent. Have them on there. You can, you know, get dudes bird rights. Go over the salary cap. Do all the little, uh, you know, do the, make smart draft picks. Make smart trades because you're not going to be a player signing people. And as the salary, and as you know, even if the salary cap as the salary cap goes up, the percentage is the same. Like it's thirty five percent of the cap. Damian Lord making this much money will make it a challenge for the, on the back half of this contract for this team to be super super competitive. It is what it is. But it's also the, the you look around the league. This is the price of doing business. If you have a superstar, and I think Chauncey Billups pointed this out, there's two types of teams: teams that have a superstar and teams that are looking for one. The Blazers have a superstar. This is the cost to retain them. Deserve got nothing to do with it. This is the game. The second half of that quote that I didn't play you in the drop from Felicia Snoop Pearson is, deserve got nothing to do with it. It was just his time. And that's what this was. It was Dame's time. If, if, when he, when Damian Lillard was on the roster in the fall, I started saying on this podcast, I think he's going to get a hundred million dollar contract extension because this is the price of doing business with a superstar in the league. And I'll say this before we, before we switch gears a little bit. I think fans should celebrate this because it's fun to root for someone like Damian Lillard. There is an obsession with sort of financial efficiency in the NBA. And there's a reality in a salary cap league of paying guys too much money and the challenge it brings. I absolutely recognize that and I've just kind of laid it out for you. But on its surface, rooting for Damian Lillard has been the best part of being a Trailblazers fan for the last 10 years. And now he's committed to do it for at least five more seasons. The fear of him, you know, skipping town or holding the Blazers hostage in some way uh, until he gets, uh, until he gets, you know, until he can switch teams because that's what was going to have to happen if he had chose to switch teams last year. He was under contract for multiple seasons. It would have been a kind of a, a gross divorce. That's out the window because he's committed here for five more years and they they have said yes. You're our guy. Let's go for it. And that's fun as a fan. It's fun to root for that. It's fun. There is there is a real the loyalty from both sides coming together. So you get to root for your favorite player and your favorite basketball franchise with your favorite player still on it. There's that that is worth rooting for. I think this is a good thing. I recognize the financial constraints. Deserve got nothing to do with it. But I think overall, if you're a Blazers fan, this is a day you should celebrate. 
I'm extremely pro-labor in this, all of these things. We'll talk about this a little more in the show. I got another pro-labor take. I'm never rooting for anyone to make less money who's like the entertainment portion of the league. Um, it's, but there's a reality to it that will make that a little bit more challenging. So in the near term, celebrate it, celebrate it. Five more years of Damian Lord. Congrats to Dame on path to being the greatest trailblazer of all time. The Blazers have made that commitment to him. But the challenge of making that commitment to him is now you got to build the right team around him. And the Blazers tried to do that by drafting Shaden Sharp number seven overall. And then Shaden Sharp's summer league experience lasted less than six minutes. Shaden Sharp has a small tear of the labrum in his left shoulder. Let's talk about that in the second segment. But before we get there, let me tell you about Bet Online. If you sign up for a Bet Online account right now, free account, you can get you will get access to all of their informative betting articles give you tips on all the sports you're interested in some insider tips of the day some long-term plays just to make you a more informed gambler that way you can don't have to just throw money down blindly but you can have you know a better chance at better payouts and that's all of the action they've got with more lines more props more odds than anywhere else so why don't you go to bet online Become more informed, better, and then go ahead and win some money. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Congrats to Damian Lamont Ollie Lord Sr. Getting the bag and getting the commitment from the franchise. The franchise gets the commitment from him. A happy marriage. Now it's about the future with Dame, part of the plan, on the ship and captain in this bad boy. Well, start of that future went a little sideways. Shaden Sharp, now officially ruled out for Summer League with a small tear of the labrum in his left shoulder. Small tear being the words the Blazers used in the press release that they sent out to the media. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor. Labrum tears in the NBA, from from what I'm familiar with, Zach Collins, Ed Davis, Myers Leonard, and the you know handful of years, eight years I've been around the team, those are usually end with surgical options. I think small tear maybe implies that the team doesn't hope that it doesn't end in surgery, but surgery for those guys has typically been six plus months. So um, obviously the Blazers don't want want that. You know, I think some of them four to six is maybe the range that for for most NBA guys. So you know, you don't you want Shaden Sharp to heal naturally. I don't know what it's going to be, but. I'm just saying my experience around labrum tears is that typically it's been when you get surgery, not if, which sucks. It sucks. Because Shaden Sharp was the excitement of the summer. He was supposed to be the guy that, you know, made the future feel bright and special. He was a mystery man coming out of the draft and our first chance to look at him was going to be in Vegas. His first chance to play, you know, higher level basketball against pros, Prove all the things that you've heard, whispers from him killing it at Kentucky practice, for him having a really good training camp in the little mini week-long mini camp the Blazers held. All of the whispers you've heard from people who've actually seen him. This is going to be our chance to really see him. And then a minute and a half into his summer league season, summer league career, he, he, he looks like he kind of got caught up on Jaden Ivey, and, and I thought he hurt his elbow at first, but clearly he was, it was, it, you know, eventually it became a shoulder thing. He was ruled out, you know, shortly thereafter. And then he appeared in game two on Saturday evening. He was wearing a sling on the bench. Um, I thought it was one of those cool cross body bags that everyone's wearing. His purse gang is really heavy with, um, 
wealthy young man in the NBA. Everyone's rocking cool purses. And I thought he's rocking a cool purse on the bench. Turns out he's he's wearing a sling after I realized uh, they showed him like 10 times on the broadcast. Stinks. Stinks. It really does. I think um, there's no... There's no other way to 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 put it. I I think what the prop the issue for me is that Sharp more than probably any other rookie just needs to play. Just need to play. I don't think this is gonna like you know if he's a, if he's fine and recovers no surgery rise. Like I don't think like playing four games in um in summer league was gonna is like a massive game changer. But it is just for some sort of like prove it type jitters, you know, for him to have six good minutes in summer league and then go work on his game after that and in gyms and get, you know, five on five run at UCLA or wherever he ends up. Like it gives him a little bit of that confidence. Like, yeah, I played, I played seven good minutes in in Vegas and I killed those dudes. Like I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, Because all the whispers suggest that he's ready. But I think more than other rookies, like because Sharp's path, because he, you know, skipped his senior year of high school and then didn't play at Kentucky in his lone semester there, it, it, it's it, he needed some minutes to play against pros, like, but probably just for his psyche and maybe just like uh, selfishly, maybe just for me, maybe just for like, so I could feel more comfortable because there's a chance he hits the ground running and is, is fine. But that stinks. I think it really does. Like, I think it's, I don't think there's a, like a positive way to spin it other than like, Hey, you know, the Portland's being cautious as soon as like, uh, he, he was hurt in Thursday's game. He didn't practice on, on Saturday and it was, uh, or on Friday rather. And it was when he didn't participate in practice, I knew it was done for, like, I knew that they, they weren't going to play him in summer league, regardless of what the health outcomes came. It just like, if they're holding him out, like if he's not going to play, if they're holding him out immediately, they're not going to take any risks. The Blazers are invested in the long-term health of Shaden Sharp. Uh, you know, four years of his rookie deal, the rookie extension, eight years, a third contract, 15 years, you know, similar to to the commitment to Damian Lillard, right? Um, Hopefully, best case scenario, he's, we're talking about him signing a 35% max uh, in in 10 years. But like, uh, they were going to be cautious with him. So it was, I wasn't surprised when he was, you know, ruled out and not playing. Uh, The summer league's a little slow with, with, Injury reporting and the Blazers over the last handful of seasons have become less and less open about uh, injury reporting and stuff like that. So, like, the I thought, you know, the no news is no news is bad news, not necessarily my read, but when he didn't practice, uh, shout out to Casey Holow, reporter for Trailblazers.com, for reporting that Sharp did not practice, uh, then... It was always like he wasn't going to play in Summer League, but I think that the, the labrum tear, seeing that in the press release, it's a bummer. You know it's not a bummer? A real legitimate bright spot, Jabari Walker. He's been awesome. <laughs> Let's talk about Jabari Walker, the 57th pick in the NBA draft. Please look like he got a steal and like a legitimate basketball player with the second to last pick in the draft this year. Some pretty good spots of luck out. Let's talk all about Jabari and what we've seen from him in two summer league games. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com, the family business specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Two decades of experience helping you save time and money, real money. Like 30, 50, or 100% savings compared to if you go to a chain auto parts store or the car dealership. There are so many makes and models on the road, it's hard for brick-and-mortar places to carry all the parts you might need for your for your car, for your vehicle. And they are just not built to save you money. 
Rock Auto was born online. They're, they are built to do this. So why don't you head on over to their website, see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And while you're there, write locked on in your how did you hear about us box. That way they will know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Jabari Walker looks good. Looks good. You know the best part about Summer League? It's guys like Jabari Walker. It's guys who are back end of the rotation. Never, I've never seen them play except for, you know, eight minutes of YouTube highlights prior to, prior to the summer league happening it's it's someone who surprises you coming out of nowhere to be competent not even crazy special just like oh this dude can play and that's the best thing i can say about jabari walker is that he knows how to play basketball uh, i think i joke about a lot with friends who i watch games with is like we'll watch a young player and say, whenever he learns how to play basketball, he's going to be really good. Uh, I felt this way about Jordan Poole early this season. Um, it's like Jordan Poole just like he does, sometimes he doesn't, his decision-making belies his talent. It's like, he's like, if whenever he figures out what's going on, man, is he going to take off? Um, he, he did that and then some this year, but like, and that's mostly just a joke because Jordan Poole's pretty good. But uh, Jabari Walker, I don't think that about him. He's just, the dude just has a great sense of how to play this game. Uh, you know, in the first first summer league game, he didn't miss any shots. Ball go in. Always helps. This, this is the best way, best way to play basketball is make all your shots. Um, it's the best coaching adjustment you can do is, is have dudes make all their shots. Everybody looks better and smarter when the ball goes in. But he looked better in game two. He didn't make all the shots in game two, and he looked better. He looked like a better basketball player. There was one sequence that uh, caught my eye in the third quarter. Two back and forth. Blazers get a stop. They're rolling in the middle quarters. <laughs> they beat the snot out of the Pelicans in those middle two quarters. Uh, Summer League, no box score stuff. But the Blazers are two, uh, one and one now in Summer League. Uh, but third quarter, Blazers get a rebound. Jabari Walker sprints the court. And he runs a corner. He knows to run wide. Uh, if you're if you're running the league, used to be run to the rim. Uh, if you're not a true center, you don't run to the rim anymore. You run to the corners. You space out. But the ball followed him to the corner. And he tracked the ball and he realized, okay, I got to vacate the corner so they can run. You know, his two teammates were there. They can run uh, uh, some action. They can run an empty side pick and roll. So he vacates to the corner. And while he vacates the corner, runs baseline to the opposite corner. Just basketball stuff. Like, not particularly noteworthy or anything. Like, most of these dudes have played enough basketball to know that. But it's like, you just see him. It's just natural. He doesn't have to think. He sees the ball, finds the ball, keeps it moving. His teammate shoots a really short three, and he almost gets his hands on the offensive rebound just because he's vacating under the rim. But it's just like a little basketball thing. Like, you know, whatever. Blazers go the other way. Get a stop again. And this time, Jabari begins to sprint up the court. Same thing. He's going to run to that opposite corner. But he sees when he's running, like, last time I didn't touch it, and I've been playing pretty well, so give me the ball. And so he kind of, instead of a straight line sprint to the corner, he stops, calls for the ball, gets it from his uh, gets it from his teammate in, in, right in the, the sort of defensive side of half court. Hasn't crossed half court yet with the ball. And you think that a dude like him, who's played pretty well to start this game, um, and is like kind of feeling it, is just going to put his head down, go to the rim, summer league, you don't need to pass to your teammates, that's not what it's there for. But instead, he takes two dribbles, all eyes go to him, and he makes the right pass, easy layup for a bucket. Little basketball stuff, dude just knows how to play basketball. Those are not particularly meaningful plays. Like he had, his other assist was he did, you know, 
two little crossovers to get uh, the eyeball, get eyeballs on him. Trenton Watford goes back door. He throws a bounce pass, easy bucket for Trenton. His first bucket uh, in the first half, Jabari Walker drove to the rim. Uh, Euro steps his way into the paint and threw up a sh- layup that was super short. Uh, athletic move to get there, but kind of just like didn't have the juice to finish in traffic. Stayed with it, put the ball back in. Looks better in the box score than it did, but it was like a reminder that he's just, um, he just knows what he's doing. He realized halfway through it wasn't going to work out, stayed with the play, got an easy bucket. Uh, he didn't shoot well in this game, 0 for 4 from 3. Um, only one of those threes was like a legitimately bad shot, but uh, where he took a step back because the Blazers' offense was stalling. But dude just knows how to play. He knows where to be on defense, knows where to be on offense. He just has a great feel and a great sense. He's the fun part of Summer League. He's what makes Vegas fun because he's a guy who he's probably playing for a contract right now. Uh, he is very likely to get the Blazers' second two-way spot, but they haven't announced him. And when they announced all of the rest of the signings, they didn't announce Jabari Walker. I think the Blazers are very likely to go in with 14 players under contract and both two-way spots filled and a 15th roster spot open. The most sort of like ruthless, smart team-building way to treat Jabari Walker is give him a two-way contract and say, play your way into the 15th roster spot. And I think that's what the Blazers will do because it makes the most sense. Uh, If they do sign someone to the 15th roster spot, it should probably be a center. It should probably be a veteran, like someone who could just like, who you isn't a developmental piece. They got a lot of developmental pieces. The most sort of ruthless thing to do is keep Jabari on a two-way because that was probably always the plan with him. But he looks like an NBA player, and he's played himself into, if he does end up getting the 15th roster spot, if they do end up signing him to a contract, and they would have to dip into the mid-level exception to sign him to a multi-year deal, uh, like some CBA stuff with how how it works with second-year guys. Uh, And they've kept some of that powder dry. They could still potentially do that. But... Regardless if he's a two-way guy or a 15th roster spot, you know I'm rooting for him to get a real roster spot because I'm pro-labor here. Uh, But... I think a two-way contract makes more sense from a team perspective, um, from this financial efficiency obsession of the NBA. It makes more sense to sign him to a two-way deal and treat him like Trent Watford. If he earns it, you sign him to that multi-year uh, real NBA deal midseason. And you've just, because of the way two-way contracts work now, one, it's like a half a million dollars. It's an okay, it's a, it's pretty good, darn, darn good money for Jabari Walker. Uh, other spots would, would, you know, other places he wouldn't necessarily be making that much money. And it's an opportunity for him. Uh, it used to be when the two-way was such, a, like, was less money, was a smaller contract. I was less, I would root for guys like, don't take the two-way, go somewhere else. Uh but now it makes sense for both sides. It really it really will probably make sense for both sides. But Walker has played himself into the conversation. Like, I think he is, and shout out to my man Kevin Du for pointing this out on Twitter, is like, I think Jabari Walker's already ahead of Greg Brown in the on the pecking order for like which six foot nine forward in case we need help plays. I think it's Walker. He just looks better. Like he just looks, he just like legitimately looks better. Um, he's not an elite shooter. He doesn't have a crazy good handle. Um, He's not an explosive athlete. He is a pretty good, smart passer, but he does all of those things well. He doesn't jump off the page with with athleticism. He's a a smart dude who can dribble a little bit. He can pass a little bit. He can clearly score around the rim a little bit. He knows where to be on defense, and he knows how to cut into space on offense. And he's 6'9". Know how to play and the right size easy to root for. I've had a ton of fun watching him and we'll have a ton of fun continuing to watch him. I'm a fan. If the Blazers found an NBA player at 57, great draft. Like even regardless of what happens with Shaden Sharp, you find an NBA player with the second to last pick in the draft, 
great draft. Like, uh, <laughs> this is like stupid to compare, and I don't actually mean this, but in uh, 2012, the Warriors had three picks in the NBA draft. They drafted Harrison Barnes, eighth overall. They drafted Festus Azili early in the, maybe end of the first round, early in the second round. And then four picks later at 35, they drafted Draymond Green. It was a good draft because they drafted a Hall of Famer in the second round. Doesn't matter if they if they didn't get uh, the HP pick right. He's been fine. Festazili pick, he was not fine. Um, he was okay when he was healthy. Uh, I also watched the 2016 finals. I know what happened. But like, you nail a second round pick, it changes the whole perspective of draft. The Blazers seem to have gotten a an NBA player in the second round. That's money. And you got to be happy for them for that. You got to be happy for Jabari Walker. He might be just straight up playing himself into more money in Vegas because he is so competent and, you know, NBA has an NBA frame and has a high level of competency. As it turns out, having your dad be a long-term NBA pro and being exposed to NBA basketball for a lot of your life, there are some benefits. A dude who's been around the game his whole life, been around the league his whole life, looks incredibly comfortable and has a great sense of how to play basketball. Who knew? Shout out to Smoky Walker. Shout out to Jabari Walker, who's been the most fun player for the Blazers in Summer League. Uh, I thought Trenton Watford in Game 2 really bounced back. Um, I believe he had seven turnovers in Game 1. He had zero in Game 2. And he just looked better. He was out of control in the first game. Um, Trenton wants the ball in his hands, and he wants to drive quickly into the paint. And I think he got a little sped up in Game 1. He looked so much better in Game 2. Um, he was the best player, in the best player on the floor for the Blazers, and he needs to be that. Like, that, that's the goal for Trenton, be the best player on the floor. Um, he looked so much better in Game 2. Uh, no one else super notable, to be quite honest, for the, for the Blazers. Keon Johnson does what Keon does. He has those moments where you're like, woo, and moments where you're like, woof. You know, he's young and he'll get there. I'm not not super worried about it. He looked good in game one. Uh, Didi Luzada is not an NBA player, but he's got an NBA contract. So get that, get the bag. Greg Brown, he's still getting there. Brandon Williams is a two-way point guard and looks like it. Uh, Jabari Walker is the really fun part about Summer League. And I think it's okay to celebrate that. I hope you get paid, Jabari. One way or another. I mean, you're going to get paid some way, but I hope you get the bag. I hope you're the 15th roster spot because you've earned it. You're an NBA player. Uh, and it's pretty cool for the Blazers and pretty cool for him that a guy taken that deep in the draft is like a pro. Is a pro. Uh, I'm comfortable saying that because I don't even think he's played at his... Like, I don't think he's... He hasn't done stuff outside of his skill set. And he's still, like, clearly a functional player in Summer League. Um if he shot, if he had, you know, he went five for five in game one, if he had a perfect shooting night in game two, maybe I would change the way I feel about him. But I thought he was played within himself and was really good in game two. Um, I'm, I'm ready to celebrate him. He's really fun. He's the reason why Summer League is fun. We got more shows coming later this week. This is Monday, July 11th show. Uh, the Blazers play two more Summer League games and they'll play a fifth one after that. So we'll have you covered after all those. Uh, trying to nail down some fun interviews this week. Haven't got them, so I can't tease them yet. But as soon as I get them confirmed, you know where to find me. Five days a week, free on all platforms. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.